You're listening to First City Forum, 97.5 FM. And welcome to First City Forum, my friends. Happy Tuesday. It's a little rainy and drizzly here in Ketchikan, Alaska, but that is okay. I think we're used to it, especially after this year. Oh, my goodness gracious. I have a great show for us today. I'm having uh, today, our guest is an author, serial entrepreneur, turnaround specialist, just all around, seems like a pretty cool and very, very intelligent fella by the name of John. John Paul Mendocha. Are you there, sir? I am here. You are. I can hear you even. This is amazing. I'm always amazed when I do this technology thing properly. It's, uh, it's always a good thing when it works, right? <laughs> right. You there and you just say, yes, oh, yes. Life-affirming. Absolutely. I feel successful. It's the little things. It's the little things sometimes that carry us through the day. <laughs> That's wonderful. So um, you, we were just talking a little bit before um, before we went live, and you have been on the show previously. Were you? I think you were probably talking about, was it this book you were talking about before? Or was it, uh, was it your other book that we were talking about? Uh, yeah, it, it was when we were just introducing uh, most businesses fail in the first five minutes. Oh, okay. Uh, seems seems like a lifetime ago, but it was uh, only uh, ten months ago, and uh, yeah, we we were on Ketchikan Radio. That's awesome, and here you are again. Yeah, you. Um, so the first book that you had written about was titled, like you said, "Most Businesses Fail in the First Five Minutes." And the, then you and you were telling me that that one took you quite a long time to write. How long was that one in the making? Well, yes. As, as a person who's actually you know doing business all the time, that actually took me from inception to getting it out the door about thirty years. Oh my goodness! And uh, oh yeah, so that, that took a long time to get it done, and and it was because. You know, I'd, I'd get fits and starts and get busy, and, you know, I'm sure any, everybody who's out there is, is busy. So if you ever want to really write a book, you just have to know that you have to get concentrated energy and effort. You have to find the right partner. So I have a, I have a co-conspirator, as I like to call him, Gabe Batista. Uh-huh. So I, I have a, a perfect system for writing a book, 30 years and a Colombian, <laughs> uh, and, 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 it, and, it, and it's worked 100% of the time. So that's, that's what it took us to get the first one out. That, well, that's wonderful. And, and so you have a system, and then for your second book, you improved upon that system uh, because it didn't take you 30 years to pump the second book out, this re- uh, remote working at home. Yeah, yeah re- remote work for a better, better world, world yep. was... Uh, we, 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 were, we were literally in the process of launching the first book. And uh, what we realized is that the coronavirus is just crashing around us. Decided that, that we had done a lot of work. I had, I had been working in a virtual space for a number of years, uh, put together a bunch of domain experts, and we knocked that out in 17 days and uh, got it up and, and out and, and really trying to help people early on during the pandemic that, that they needed to do some things differently. It's... Uh, a little shocking when I watch, you know, cable television to watch how many people who are big names who do a dismal job of connecting remotely. And I just sit there and go, I wrote a book. I can help you. Right. <laughs> I can make this so much better and more productive, more enjoyable for you. So, well, let's dive into this book. I want to let all of our listeners know that um, that you, do you want to, that you're, you're we're going to be giving away some books over the course of the show today. Um, I'm thinking, so John, do, uh, is it John Paul? Do you go by John? What do you prefer? John Paul, I mean, it, it worked for a couple of popes, so I figure uh, I'll stick with it. it. You'll yeah. stick with it. That's perfect. So John Paul has said that he is going to give out um, a couple copies of your books to our listeners for free today. And um, so we're going to have two segments. So I think what I'm going to do is what if we give one copy of each out in each segment? So four books total. And um, the first book is The uh, Most Businesses Fail in the first five minutes and just takes three to five years to realize it. And I was looking at the overview and that talks a lot about positioning. Is that right? It does. Yeah. It it talks a lot about how important positioning it is is, and why when you are going to 
especially today, we all have to position ourselves before we can position anything else. Right. So if you learn that, you can have a different life than you ever thought possible. And uh, I experienced that. Yeah, that's awesome. So we're going to give away that book. And then also the new title that's um, Remote Work for a Better World. If you want to be the big winner of um, these books, so this first segment will have one winner, you can give our office a call because John Paul's on the phone with me, so I can't take callers while I have a caller. Our our technology isn't that fancy yet, so um, something to work on. But you can call our office, 225-2193. Talk to Ashley. Say, hey, I want a copy of the those books and um, and she doesn't know that this is happening, so she's going to be really confused when the phone rings. <laughs> um, and um, and she'll get your name and your phone number, and we'll we will go from there on how to get that all taken care of. So um, so just for all the listeners to know, if you want to win some books, you have the chance to do that. So well, let's dive into remote work for a better world because you know everybody has been since March basically. Um, well, not everybody, but many. Many, many people have been um, working from home uh, remotely, utilizing technology such as Zoom and that type of thing. And um, and it's it's good for some, and it's really hard for other people. So, well, yeah. So, so the so the one thing that you always have to remember when you're going to use any technology like that is you want to become familiar with it before you actually have to use it. So you want to do a certain amount of work ahead of time. And we, we stress that you want to be prepared before you start it. And this is the mistake that people make right out of the gate is they do not be, they're not prepared. And then they're fumbling around and they're like, uh, it doesn't work. Okay. You know, and, and, and it's, you know, the, the only way I could describe it is, is if you're going to do something dangerous, you, you would you would want to get like a little bit of a safety sense to it. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Colorado, uh, and and if you went up to the mountains of Colorado and you were going to like use a chainsaw, you know you, you'd want to actually understand what you're going to do and not just start pulling the the the, the rip cord and start it up and go, hey, it makes a cool noise. I wonder what this trigger does. Oh, Very I true. Got off my foot. <laughs> you know? So. So so you can't cut off your foot with a with a Zoom call, but you can put your foot in your mouth by by doing it poorly. So what we try to do is say, look, just like that, just like that chainsaw, let let's get our stuff organized ahead of time. Let's test it. Let's see because like like here's a cool thing about Zoom is that if you open it up, you can actually have it show a picture of who you are, but it shows whatever the camera sees. And, and that may be things that you don't want the camera to see mm-hmm. because you're not you're not you're looking at the computer. You're not looking away from the computer. And this is where people get all kinds of embarrassing things behind them <laughs> and uh, all kinds of other things. So that so that's one of those things. The other tip I would tell everybody is that is that when you're if you walked into a meeting with somebody, and, and I don't know what level that meeting would be, but if you walked into a meeting. Would you really be wearing, you know, bunny slippers? And would you really be, you know, I mean, or, or, or would you try to look a little different than that? Would you try to look a little better? Not saying that bunny slippers aren't appropriate for everything, but I'm just saying, what would you do? And, and that also helps you get your mindset correct. So when you're in the Zoom meeting, you project the image that you're trying to project. Even if you're just doing it with voice, you want to be able to project what that looks like. For sure. For sure. So it's good to, it is good to get dressed for, for what you're going to be doing or to kind of put your whole, your whole self into the situation. Like if you're going to be having a professional meeting with somebody, even though it's still from your house or from your closet, because that's the only place you can find that's quiet, it's still good to, um, it helps to put yourself into that right uh, headspace. Uh, well, absolutely, and, and this is, in particular, this is where people have, have seen this. That they're not happy with the result that they're getting, and part of it is the fact that they're, they're not quite sure what etiquette and what they should or shouldn't be doing. Uh, and, and, and just think about Zoom. If you were in the same room with somebody, would you be doing 
what I've seen people do. Would you be trimming your nails? Would you be <laughs> flossing your teeth? Oh, no. Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> so uh, so, so th- those things are, are simple things. But more importantly, you know, write out an agenda. Wow, what a crazy concept. And I don't care if you do it on the computer or have it on a, on a sheet of paper. But anything that you want to communicate, having a better sense of what that is is good. Also, have somebody who's going to help be, if you will, that, that meeting uh, you know, moderator to make sure that you don't have an endless group of, of, oh, by the way, oh, I almost forgot about this, oh, I forgot about that. That, that just it wears people out. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's um, especially with Zoom. It's I think that personally from my experiences, it's really great to have. It's great to have an agenda and stick to it and just kind of get through stuff. um, Because it's very easy for me personally to kind of lose focus on what's happening. Well, and and we we actually wrote remote work for a better world. And the only way we could get it done in 17 days is that we took all of the domain experts who contributed and we spent six and a half hours on a Zoom meeting and we read the entire book together. Oh, wow. We read it together. And some people said, geez, that's a little tiring, isn't it? Well, imagine if I sent it out to everybody and said, read the book. Mm -hmm. Well, you know so-and-so got busy, or this happened, or yeah, I think I actually read. But when you go through it step by step by step, that collapsed what, in, in the first book, was weeks of effort to six and a half hours. Yeah. So if, you can, if you can stand it, you'll go and work your way through it. I got, actually got this from uh, a, a person who I know is in the entertainment business, and she and her husband... Uh, you know, they do television shows, and we were talking about doing the read-through, mm-hmm. and she said, look, you got to do the read-through. you got to go and have everybody read it together, Yeah, because that's the only way you get the thing done. And I thought, well, if it works for that, it'll work for what we're trying to do here. Uh, yeah, that makes total sense to me, because then people are scheduling time together, and so... Um, that absolutely makes total sense. And as it, I've done a lot of performance and acting myself, and that's the key that the first read through is the key in, um, in, you know, getting everybody together, sitting down to help to get focused on what it is that you're, that what it is that you're working towards accomplishing. So. Very much so. So <laughs> that those are some of the things that you can do. And, and most importantly, is that you, you know, if you want to talk a little bit about technology, um, make sure that you understand that things like Zoom are very particular about the speed of the Internet that you're interacting with. Uh, and that, what that means is that, is that you should be able to go on to speedtest.net. I mean, there's lots of different services, but that's one we, we talk about. And, and find out what your speed is. In fact, I delivered a webinar uh, a couple weeks ago from a hotel room, and I found out that I needed to actually use my cell phone, which I learned something that I would not have known, which is that even if you have great speed on a cell phone network connection, that three times during this 90-minute webinar, it dropped out on me. Oh. And it, and it was – now, I have people around the world – so luckily I had a co-host, and then, you know, we, we recovered. But and, and just if it happens, here's everybody's got to take a deep breath and go, that's the nature of what we're living with today. And you just you don't let it drive you crazy. It doesn't mean that I'm, I was, you know, sitting there going, hey, I hope it drops out. But it's just I'm telling everybody, Murphy, Murphy's Law, Murphy is always out there. Always. So just, kind of, just kind of accept that, you know, and if you have a barking dog, uh, you know, you got to get the dog out of the room. You got to be able, you know, close that up. Uh, pe- people, it's, it's simple things. Simple things. 
Yes, simple things. I've been on a couple of Zoom uh, calls for just a Rotary Club meeting, and I had like I had a kitten and some little dogs in the background that were just having a ball playing on my couches. Uh, and so I, you know, thankfully it was just for Rotary, and everyone was entertained. It wasn't like I was trying to be professional or you know have looked like I really had it all put together. But um, I know there's all sorts of all sorts of uh, all sorts of distractions, especially when it comes to this. So, um, so Zoom, you know, everybody, including our kids, have gotten in, gotten um, to be fairly good at um, at utilizing it. But I know that Zoom fatigue is a real thing. Um, what are some ways to help with that and handle that? Well, one of them is is not to have the endless meeting that that just keeps dragging on and dragging on and dragging on. So what you always have to do is make sure that you can truncate that. You know, and and we we talked about having an agenda, getting on, getting off. Don't spend more time than you have to, uh, and 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 be careful of that. And then and then the other the other part is is that is that you know you want to be actively engaged. The downside of zoom after a period of time is that we tend to zone out so it's almost like we're watching television or watching too many youtube videos mm-hmm. or binge watching something is that we tend to zone out so you have to become more interactive and and you you need to think about how that interactivity can keep your brain stimulated by the way the remote work part zoom is just the front end of that right the real question is 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 you know do you record what you're doing which, which is a which I think is a good thing, especially if you're doing something that's serious. So I, I record webinars and seminars and things that I do. And then the other thing is that with the kind of technology we have today, is that I, I use a service called uh, Otter.io. And uh, by the way, there's a free version of that. Um, and and what Otter does is it allows you to uh, transcribe your entire uh, otter.ai sorry ai because it's artificial intelligence but otter allows you to transcribe your entire call so you know what i say to people is that this is this is amazing that this is now starting to take place because this used to cost and still does you know a dollar and 25 to transcribe it and I, you know, I'm, I'm not doing it i mean they, they don't give me anything so I'm, I'm just telling you about a resource that we use all the time and I get like 6,000 minutes a month. By the way, that's 100 hours. That's a lot. For transcription. Yeah, 100, 100 hours of transcription for like 20 bucks a month. Wow. Which is like, now you've now you got to pay for the whole year, so it's, you know, but, but go check it out because they have, they have the free versions, 100 minutes a month for free. But the point of it is is that is that I go through and, and when I'm interacting with people, and then we, we transcribe it, and then that way you have that information. It's, you know, I, I'm surprised that more, more organizations don't do that. Mm-hmm. But I think also people get a little bit weird. They say, well, I don't know if I want to have my stuff recorded or not. Well, you know, maybe you should be saying bad things about people. <laughs> then that way you can get it recorded. Yeah, but right. <laughs> But that, that's a huge that's a huge productivity boost, by the way. If, if you if you want to have if you want to have an interactive session and go through and brainstorm and do that, or you want to have minutes to your next you know rotary meeting, yeah, uh, use something use something like that. Yeah, uh, now, now now Zoom has a mechanism where you can tie it in. I don't do that. I I don't I don't I, I've had that not work as well. But literally, I I take that that, that audio and send it over and. Bang! It's done, and and I I produce just like you are on the radio. I I produce uh, three different uh, productions a week, and we do all of our production meetings on Zoom, and we use Otter, and we have a transcript of all those, and that way, if we say something brilliant or not so brilliant, mm-hmm. we, we know we've we've captured it. 
So yeah, a, that's a little something that everybody could do. Yes, absolutely. You're not the first person. I'm, I'm glad that you brought up this transcription service. I have, um, uh, and on, in my personal life side of things, uh, you know, someone has uh, talked to me about this Otter service, which is an excellent service. And the idea of recording your meetings is also really important because you can not, you can go back, um, you have it there, um, but you can go back and utilize it. You can go back and see, oh, how could I have improved? How could have this have been differently? It's just a wonderful opportunity um, for of growth and learning also in how things are in how things are being done too. And, and one of, one of the things I can say is that if you have if your children are doing remote learning again, yeah, you know, I'm not saying that you should surreptitiously record, but one of the challenges of people who are listening through a computer versus being in a classroom or being in in a in the same space and time physically. Is that is that one has a tendency to have your brain start drifting around, mm-hmm. and 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 I know people love Audible uh, for books, and I and I listen to books on Audible, but what I can tell you is that is that you're you, you know the saying the faintest ink is better than the strongest memory, which is a, an old Chinese proverb, absolutely true. Hmm. So if you have children and they're in engaged in this. Take notes. Even if you're just writing down keywords, take notes because you will stay more engaged. You'll re- actually reduce your fatigue, not increase it. Most people think, oh, if I could just sit back and just let it wash over me. Well, what happens is it washes over you and it doesn't stick. Mm-hmm. It just keeps on going. Mm-hmm. You know, and, it, and you end up with you end up with a Teflon brain and it just, boo, nothing sticks to it. Mm-hmm. So, so. Be actively engaged. Be an active listener. Be an active participant in this. And and right have and I love that idea because we do for we get um, more connected when we are when we're writing handwriting things and and just taking notes. We're and being active in the process. So um, that's a great that's a great great tip. So so you 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 talked about how Zoom is. This is just like an entry point into working remotely and people working from home. And that is a big transition from going to an office and having to be productive at you know at your workplace and then being at, at home and all of a sudden. There's all of these distractions and there's dirty dishes in the sink and um, I don't, you know, there's there's all of these things. How, what are some tips for how people can improve their productivity while, you know, working remotely and working from home? Well, yeah, so, so and, I, and I'm talking this from experience of a person who moved from a corporate office to my house long before it was fashionable. And one of the things that you have to always tell anybody who's in the house with you is that I'm actually working uh, you know go go and, and I'll and I, and I you know I'm spending your your listeners money go buy these things called three by five cards it's probably you know even even if it's more expensive in Alaska it's like less than three four bucks and then what you want to do is you want to you want to write on it I am working uh. and when somebody walks up to you you can hold this up while you're talking on the phone and hold it up, and it says, "I am working." Uh, now, actually, this is this is a. It's called a mnemonic, right? A mnemonic is something that helps you remember. And the beauty of a mnemonic like that is, and, and, and I'll just be blunt. Three by five cards. I learned this by studying Walt Disney. If it worked for Walt, mm. so he could build the theme parks and do what he did before all of this modern stuff that we have. Is the beauty of it is a three by five card deck will cost you three four bucks. Right on there, things to remind you of what you're doing. So if every morning you get up and you make that long commute from your bedroom to the kitchen, get the coffee done, do whatever you're going to do, and then go to the spare bedroom or the alcove or whatever. If you just held up a card and said, "I am working," it will flip something inside of your head. Mm-hmm. You will now think in terms of that you're now in a working state. Most of the time when I meet people who cannot work at home or work remotely, it's because they say they're not connected. But what it is is that they feel like no one's watching them. Mm. So they don't feel like there's this sense of, of uh, you know seriousness to it. Mm-hmm. And you have to be disciplined to say to yourself, you know what, I'm now working. 
So if I'm working, okay, this is what I'm doing. I'm working right now. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, you'll, you'll find that you're going to get a lot more done by, by doing just that, by saying, you know, I am working, and then, and then write down other things for yourself. And you'll discover that, the, and the beauty of a 3 by 5 card is the batteries never run out. Right. And, and, and the reboot is really quick because all you do is you pick it up and you shove it in front of your, your eyes and you got it. Boom. Done. <laughs> right. Yeah. Boom. Done. And it helps to kind of bring you back into bring you back into the space. What are some ways that you can work with family um, in in helping them to be uh, understanding, supportive and help to have kind of have those work real, you know, life boundaries inside of this new this new home office space? Well, I, I think I think by by making sure that everybody understands that when when they're doing something productive, maybe they're maybe they're doing school from home, that that you have to explain to them that this is this is a a very focused time. But when that's over, when that's done, then we we just let it go. And and the and the, the boundary issue is is that is that we tend to or tend to blend it and by blending it back and forth the time doesn't have any hard edge doesn't have a hard restriction mm-hmm. so we, we don't actually do that so my suggestion is is that is that everybody sit down and say okay here's the schedule here's how we're doing things whether it's a sheet of paper a whiteboard uh, a file on your computer but this is when you know, Sally is going to be doing these classes, and Billy's going to do these classes, and you know, you know, mom is doing this, and dad is doing it. But everybody needs to kind of have an understanding of what we're doing, and and that now it feels odd because you know, for centuries we never had to do this, we never thought this way, but now in a digital age we do. The other thing is by setting alarms. We we now carry an amazing clock with us, especially if a smartphone. It doesn't matter if it's a you know an, an iOS uh, iPhone or an Android, and set some timers so when the clock goes off, you're you're done with that tech that that uh, uh, that activity. You're done with that, and you move on from there. And all too often we let this stuff morph, and it blends, and yikes, it doesn't it doesn't go where we want to go. Yeah, it's it's really easy to lose track of time. So I, the idea of setting alarms and um, you know um, setting up some structure going into it, I think I uh, would imagine would be very 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 helpful. So I want to get through a couple more questions about the um, remote work for a better world, and then we're going to go to a break, and we'll come back and talk about your other books more because I think that um, your other book is definitely very um, uh, worthwhile to talk about. Uh, Again, so um, so, how can you set your house up really technologically to be prepared? Then um, uh, and then, you know, what about like green screen and that type of thing for for what you're doing? So, technologically, you have to you have to understand that that we have now become so used to technology and we take it for granted that we don't actually seriously set up a workspace. So, you know, we, we have the breakfast table, and we can open up a laptop, and, and away we go. Or, you know, we, we have our phone, and we're, we're going to do something. When you set up a desk, a table, a part of a room or something, understand, especially now with Zoom, especially with being connected remotely, is that you're really building almost like a little studio. So you want to think about lighting. You want to think about noise. You want to think about comfort all of those things become critical and in fact we talk about it in the book about the importance of thinking about if you were going to build a studio now we never even had this mindset but prior to this we weren't going to have hundreds of millions of people maybe billions around the globe who are now working remotely and everybody has to have their own little you know, just like you know, if you're if you're at a television studio, you have a studio. Mm-hmm. Now we don't have the luxury of having a lighting person and a sound person and a video person and a this person and a that person. However, we can do some simple things. Uh, one thing, of course, is that if you're going to be using a laptop with 
a camera. I'm going to give everybody the universal laptop uh, spacer, if you will. You know, uh, uh, you know, a stand that we can build. Go buy yourself a case of paper, and now you have very solid, and you can stack those up, and you can put the laptop so no one ever sees the inside of your nostril again. <laughs> yeah. Get it at that perfect angle, right? Exactly. And, and I've seen people try to figure out how to raise it up. Well, I can tell you paper, reams of paper are perfect. And besides which, you can actually get the sizing almost exactly where you want it, and away you go. It's amazing how many times I get on a call and somebody's got this thing lean, tilted back, and it's got this, you know, I, I don't know why, but it's it's got their their nostrils and their yeah. front teeth. And yeah, like, the, the, the most unflattering views that people can possibly have. Exactly. So, <laughs> so, that, so those, those are, that, is, that is an inexpensive, simple thing you can do. And then the lighting is one of those things that's, that's, a, that's always going to be a challenge. So you need probably more light than you've ever thought possible. But the biggest key is sound. Think about how you want to sound. An inexpensive way that works for me does not work for everybody. In fact, I have some you know, co-authors who think it's crazy. But I actually wear a gaming headset like I am right now. I'm mm. talking to you on my cell phone but I'm on a gaming headset. And the reason for that is that uh, for $50, the gaming world has built really good uh, equipment. And uh, you know, is it professional, professional? No, but it's pretty good. And, and the best part about it is that you don't need a mic stand, you don't need a this, you don't need a that. Just an example of something you can do. And, uh, and away you go. Yeah, I love that. That's a great idea. I know um, there are so many people who uh, who utilize all that gaming equipment. Um, it's good to think that it's uh, you can use it in other ways in different uh, in different capacities to get that done. So I do have one more question. So if somebody is leading Zoom meetings, what are three tips that you can give to them so that their meetings are more productive, more engaging, and um, and overall enjoyable? How you know? What are three tips that they can do to make the, their Zoom sessions better? Uh, first and foremost is that you should have have a scheduled time. Give people a little bit of time to to chat it up, just like a normal meeting would have. You know, people would talk a little bit, and then call the meeting to order. Specifically, say, okay, we're going to get started right now, and then put up an agenda. It's very easy to share a screen with Zoom share what the agenda is, this is what we're going to cover, and this is the order that we've, that we've put it in. So that way, everybody knows that, an expectation ahead of time, and then discuss the fact that there really is an end to this, and that, that this is not purgatory, uh, <laughs> it's going to end. Okay. So that's number one. Okay. Number, number two, number two is, uh, is, is to make sure that when you are, are facilitating a meeting, that you keep people moving forward with it. There are lots of people who, once they get the microphone, so to speak, once they get the platform, it is now time for them to deliver some amazing address that they never got to do when they were in the, you know, <laughs> a junior in high school or something. Mm -hmm. And what you have to do is say to people, look, we, we gotta, we gotta make sure that we keep this thing rolling. We're not trying to not listen to you. But we, we don't need to go back in history and start some you know, number massively at 150 years ago or something. Uh -huh. so, so keep people keep people on point. Yeah. And, and, and the third most important thing is that before you wrap up is to make sure that everyone submits what we've discussed what we've agreed to, and what the follow-up looks like. Because usually what happens is as soon as the meeting is over, everybody goes, whew, finally it's done. Out of sight, out of mind, and we didn't make any progress. So make sure that everybody knows this is what we discussed, this is what we agreed to, this is the follow-up. Those three simple bins helps a lot.
It's uh, not a lot different, I don't think, from in-person meetings, really. Um, it's just in a different format. It, it is similar. However, there, you know, having, having been a, a, a corporate turnaround consultant, I can tell you that I have, um, and, and I don't want to make it sound harsh or cruel, but I have fired lots and lots of people in my life. Mm-hmm. And most of the time I met people who lived from one meeting to the next meeting to the next meeting. Yeah. And when I asked them, what did you actually ever achieve? And they said, well, I've been basically living in conference rooms Uh, for multiple years. Yeah. And not getting anything done. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and what you, you don't want to replicate that. No, that's the, that's the big thing is you don't want to replicate. I mean, I, I've met people who they looked forward to that afternoon meeting because it's it's the equivalent of and I don't know you know your background but it's the equivalent of being in school and you're watching that clock and you're waiting and you know are we going to make it to that time the bell right. rings and we're out of here and there are people who do meetings the same way which is they're running the clock yep waiting for that to happen yeah i i I, ever, I completely understand what you're saying I, and, I, and I've got a real quick thing about green screens. Oh, yeah. Which is, uh, I, 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 we actually, and, and again, I don't get paid by these guys either, but, but the, the gaming guys at Elgato out of Germany um, sell a, and this is a little less than 200 bucks, so you've got to decide if it you know, fits your budget. But they actually have a, a telescoping green screen that comes up and down, and I have traveled with it. And, and I have to tell you, it is a great thing. Uh, the virtual green screens can do an you know, okay job, but they look pretty squirrely. Mm-hmm. And uh, all I can say is that uh, if you have an opportunity, uh, this this helps hide the mess behind mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. very well. It, it is it is the best concealment you've ever seen. It is something that you probably wanted, or at least I wanted when I was 10, 11 years old. Hey, mom, my office or my my bedroom is clean. Lift up the green screen, show her the show her the image. You know, don't ever pull that thing down. Right. Green green screen is a very cool idea. Nice, nice. I really love it. So, okay, well, we are going to take a quick break. I'm um, talking with John Paul Mendocha. He is the author of Remote Work for a Better World. Um, So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk for a few minutes about your previous book, which is titled Most Businesses Fail in the First Five Minutes. I'm very interested, especially where, you know, I don't know, nine months or something into, into this new kind of realm. And a lot of people are looking for some different opportunities for themselves. So I think we should talk about this. So um, we're going to go to a quick break. We'll be right back. All right. First City Forum continues on KTKN. Hi, I'm Jason Wilson. Incident Can you hear me, John? I can. Okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be a couple of minutes and then we'll come back on. You're going to hear Uptown Funk and uh, and we'll come back on and ready to go is there anything else um can you think of right now that we've we've, we've missed so far i mean my, my question is are, are we are, are we going where you want to go yeah i think so yeah okay yeah i think so I really, I'm very interested in um, talking about your, this other book specifically because uh, um, like, uh, you know, people are, there's a lot of people who are, we all know the situation, people are out of work and this and that. Maybe they're looking at starting their own business. And so um, I think it would be great to talk about, um, talk about this and positioning um, and some things that if they are seriously thinking about starting something or they have something that they're working on, uh, you know, a few tips tips that they can take with them to um, to improve their uh, their situation. So be happy to. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. That sounds good. Okay, we will be back in um, yeah, just like a minute or so. I'm just over here bopping my head, having a little dance party in the studio. This is First City Forum. We've been having a great conversation with John Paul Mendocha. He is the author of two books. We just uh, talked about Remote Work for a Better World. And now we're going to dive into his first book, which is titled Most Businesses Fail in the First Five Minutes. It just takes three to five years to realize it. Wowzers, that is a title. Holy smokes. Tell me about that. Well, it, it came about because 
the more turnarounds that I did and turn around a business, turning around a business really involves finding what's wrong and trying to fix it. And what I found out is that most people start a business or get into an idea or get into a concept and they get a lot of people saying, wow, that sounds like a great idea. And they dive right into it. They do virtually no research and, uh, you know, they start spending money and spending resources and they don't really understand where they're positioned in the marketplace. And if you don't know where you're positioned, then how are you ever going to communicate that to others? And that, and that's really where it came from is that most people just in the first five minutes, they, they are off on the wrong path. And that's why we see 80, 90% failure rates in new businesses. That's really fascinating. Um, I am, So let me just give you a really quick history. I, uh, My family has uh, owned a supermarket here in Ketchikan um, for, this is our 104th year in business. And um, we just this year had a massive tragedy that happened um, that destroyed our building. And, um, uh, you know, it's it's put us out of business in the way that we had we had been. Um, but, you know, 104 years is a very long time to, to be in business. Business, but I have done a lot of learning and growing and um, researching business and understanding marketing and and I've done all sorts of things and not any of the books or any of the things that I has ever talked about positioning. So this is very very fascinating to me personally. So what are um, how what are some things that people can do to help to position themselves or understand their position in the marketplace as they're planning their business or working in it? Well, the first thing is to understand that this phenomenon is very simple. However, it's extremely powerful. So I'll, I'll give you a quick test. If I said facial tissue, what would you say? Kleenex. Okay. Kleenex is actually a brand. Mm. And Kleenex is the number one brand in facial tissue. Uh, if I said Japanese car, what would you say? Toyota. Toyota is the number one Japanese brand. In fact, head and shoulders about, above all of the other ones. The point of positioning is that is that it is not what is necessarily inside of our heads. It's what's in the, in the minds and the heads of all of those people that we're trying to influence and discuss and, and get them to say, yes, we're going to give you money. And the mistake that people make without question is not understanding the lay of that mental landscape, and that's really where we start. Right. And the reason why that's so important is that they're going to make the decision whether or not they're going to believe you or not. This is why when we look at companies like Starbucks, now, does it mean that everybody has been to a Starbucks? No, but Starbucks has a unique position. And I can tell you, having been to a Starbucks in Seattle, having been to a Starbucks in uh, Denver, Colorado, having been to one in Dallas, having been to one in Rifle, Colorado, there is a consistency and their customers have a certain look and feel and what they do. Think about it. Starbucks has convinced people to go and spend more money on coffee and there's no alcohol in it at all. Mm -hmm. They don't even serve it. And they're charging more for that than bars are for a controlled substance called, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know so that's a positioning. So when, when you're sitting there saying, okay, how do I position myself? It always starts with, so what are the values? What are the things that you're trying to project to the market? And, wh- and how do you express that? And how does the market react to that? Sometimes the market could care less. Whatever you project to the market goes in through their prism of what their bias map is in the book we discuss how to how to define what that is and then they come back and then they make decisions based upon that Mm -hmm. and that becomes critical for your own success so if you're if your family's uh, supermarket had been in place for 104 years you projected a certain amount of values and those values in fact reflected the customers who showed up And those customers had a certain loyalty, had a certain excitement, and they came back. If you're going to go out and start a business, the question you always have to ask yourself is, does it have a position that I can actually 
project and I can feel good about it. Because, see, when people say, well, John, I'm going to get into it because I think I'm going to make money off of it. Well, okay, that's probably not a, you know, it's a good idea to want to make money. But if you don't like what you're doing, if you don't get excited about it, then you know what? You're probably not going to be able to get that message into somebody's head. Mm-hmm. See, we want to live there rent-free. Think about it. We, we just, you just passed the, the, the positioning test. Your listeners came up with their own answers. They just passed the positioning test. Because let's say you had said Honda instead of Toyota. For you, that is the first thing that comes into your mind. Even though they're not number one, they're actually number two. But in your mind, that would be where they are. So your bias goes in that direction. And they're living there rent-free. Mm-hmm. That's critical because when you're going to build a business and people say to me, but, well, but, John, that doesn't apply to this small business that I'm in. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a, you know, a Starbucks, a McDonald's, a Coca-Cola. I'm not one of a Toyota. Oh, but it actually applies to every single business. And it actually applies to, to you and to me and every listener. You are positioned in the marketplace the way that you project that you are. I became a turnaround specialist and did many of the things I was doing previously, being a consultant in sales and marketing. But what I found is that by being the sales and marketing person, I ended up speaking to HR. I ended up speaking to the training budget. But when I came in and said, you're building is on fire and I can help turn it around and I can turn your sales from going south to north. My fees went up and they said, do you have a hose to put out the fire? Right. When I, when I was, when I was training people, they're like, okay, we're going to evaluate 40 other people who are trainers. We're going to go look at them. Well, I found out that my position was much enhanced and improved and and in fact, it has to be authentic. That's that's critical. But if it's if it's authentic, that positioning then pulled me into opportunities that I would have never seen otherwise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really that's very very interesting. I'm I'm um I'm just kind of rolling around in my head processing. But it's you're it's so very true because everybody has a thought. Um. Uh, well, we don't all. Everybody doesn't have a thought about everybody, every, everything. But if they've done business with you, they have a. If you've done business with somewhere, you have a thought or a feeling about that. And some of them are more memorable than others. Or some of them were more meaningful to the consumer than others. So positioning yourself where you're. You're putting yourself in a place where you're meeting the needs and you're serving your consumer in a way that's impactful for them. Well, and, and, and this is somewhat different than the idea that if I do a really good job mm-hmm. and I perform and I do what I need to do, that, that I will eventually be recognized. And mm-hmm. people will say, well, they do a great job. Well, that sounds... That sounds interesting, but it's naive. If, if I am a plumber and I want to be known as a plumber that does things differently, and I'm going to go out and be a plumber, and I don't know your market in particular, and I've worked with plumbers, I need to tell the world that I'm going to show up and I'm going to wear a clean shirt. I'm going to make sure I don't dirty your carpet and make your house a mess. By the way, I've had plumbers do both of those. Uh, I'm going to show up and I'm going to be respectful. Usually the, you know, it, it depends upon, the, you know, but usually even today, 80%, it's the, uh, the the woman, the wife, the whatever, she calls up the plumber, right? Because, you know, let's face it, guys, it's, well, how hard is it to keep switching out the bucket? It's not that big a leak. We'll just keep switching the bucket. Mm-hmm. Now, but when if you show up and you project those values and you say this is what I do as a plumber, you will you will get more business because you're not only are you telling people this is what you're going to do, you're showing them that you've done it. And then if you follow it up and say, have I met those expectations? Your reputation will grow. You will get more business. They will call you back, and they won't be like my wife who says. Never call that person back. Right. And why does she say that? Because they 
did not live up to some very simple guidelines. So if you're going to position yourself in your career, how do you pick what you're going to do and does it fit who you are? But more importantly, you have to tell it to people because if you don't tell your story, they're not going to have to you're not going to sit down and try to figure it out. You're absolutely right. You, uh, you are 100% right. If you, there, no, there's a lot of, there's, you know, people have different feelings about, you know, oh, well, you're bragging about yourself or you're, you know, you're doing this. If I just put my head down and I do the work, it's going to show up and I'm going to get recognized. But that's not really the case in most situations. Well, yeah, not, not only is it not the case, but, the, but it's actually the opposite. Right. Because, because if... You know, if, if you don't tell people, if they don't understand what you're capable of doing, they, they don't know where to place you. They, yeah. You know, they, and, 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 and everyone has an opinion about everything. I have yet to meet somebody, <laughs> no matter what level of experience they have, have an opinion about something. Now, I'm not saying that to be you know, negative about somebody, but what, what we are as humans is we are, we are reacting to our environment around us. And when we react to our environment, we then say, this is good, this is bad, this is ugly. And I, and I want to have more of the good. And depending upon your own personal situation, some things you want to do more of. You say, wow, I want to do more of this. I like this. This is a good thing. I like to do this. And, and this is why we have people who are interested in so many different things, and the internet has provided us a mechanism to go find all kinds of things that maybe we couldn't get access to before. We don't have to even leave wherever we're at. But on the other side, all of that gets positioned into our head. So we're back to, if you're going to go out and start a business, or you're going to go do something like that, oftentimes we do it out of financial necessity, but if you cannot build a position what will happen is that you are essentially trading one bad job for another bad job. Mm-hmm. Much better to understand what you're trying to accomplish and then how you're going to go out and do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, thank you so much for spending a lot of time talking about uh, about that. I think that it's it's very interesting and something very important for people to think about. We have come up against time for our show today. Is there anything else that you would like to add before we say goodbye? Um, I, I, I encourage your... Listeners, to go to positiontowinbook.com, positiontowinbook.com. There's also a Facebook group that they can join of the same name, Position to Win Book, and uh, it's free. And go check those things out. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Absolutely. Thank you so much. We've been speaking with John Paul Mendoza. We are giving away some books, some digital books. If you want one, um, we'll be taking the first uh, handful of callers. So call 225-2193. Thank you so much for taking the time today. I I will definitely be doing some more more research on all these different resources you have available. Uh, And as always, I do need to say a big thank you to First City Forum sponsors, Ben Edwards, your Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Providence Properties, as well as Southeast Alaska Orthopedics. Everybody, you have a wonderful rest of your Tuesday. This is my last day with all of you here on First Sea Forum, and I hope that you have the best time. Angel's taking over tomorrow. She's going to be wonderful. You're going to love her so much. We'll talk to you all soon. Take care.